All right, let's make this one a quick one because Friday, Stranger Things 2 comes out mm-hmm. and Super Mario Odyssey comes out. Yep. So if the quality of the editing on this episode is lower than normal, too bad. So let's start with a quick fire follow up and let's try to keep this quick fire. Before we do that, do you want to like sort of recognize that this is a Halloween episode at the beginning? Yeah. Welcome to our Halloween spooktacular. Oh, wow. (laughs) Very fancy. Yeah. The Halloween spook. Is that the title? Is that the title of this episode? The Halloween spooktacular. Yeah, and I'll and I'll give you something to either uh, edit out or bleep out. Um, we are gonna share some spooky shit here, <laughs> so buckle up. He said stuff, folks. <laughs> hey, what if I'm gonna regret this? What if uh, you know how our movie episodes we we do sort of the the circle behind our logo? We kind of add a little thing about the movie. What if our holiday episodes, we dress up the, the water tower itself so we can have a little little orange water tower? Is that defacing it? Yeah, put a, li- put a little witch hat on it. As long as it's never blue, I feel like that's okay, right? Yes. All right. Absolutely. So we'll have a little little pumpkin water tower or something? Yep. I'll cut this out if I don't have time for this because I'm playing Mario. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be the... un. Like, you'll be doing an, a, a quote-unquote experimental episode that's unedited rough cut this week because Mario. Yeah, um, yeah. this episode might not come out until the week after Halloween. Uh, we right. might just have a week off. So, yeah, before we before we get into our uh, spooktacular topics, <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't come up with funny names. Yeah, let's get through uh, a couple little things to follow up from our last episode. How about we go through a quick little uh, section of blood-drenched follow-up? Blood-drenched follow-up. Yes. All right. Let's let's do that. I prefer the the quirky, silly, dad jokey version of Halloween than the the gory, bloody, yeah, you know, yeah, hardcore yeah. version okay. of Halloween. <laughs> none, nonetheless, nonetheless. So the first thing uh, I'll let you take it away because I don't know what this first thing means. Yeah. Okay. So while I was editing the last episode, I noticed in our little diversion on. The whole high school, what high school do you go to question, which yes. I then spun off into uh, the racial divide of our city. Right. I, as I was editing it, I realized I, I kind of insinuated that anybody asking what high school do you go to is being a racist. That was, that was definitely not what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> it was just more the origins of it. Not that's what people now mean. <laughs> right. Exactly. Same thing with, I joked, I think I joked in the episode, kind of like the wife beater t-shirt. Like, I think Trevor Noah and his stand-up like said something about that. Because he, of course, came from a different country, so he didn't understand that. And he was just taken aback at how like blunt we were with a title of a shirt like that. And it's like, no one now, when they say, oh, you're wearing a wife beater, even remotely is thinking about, the, about that it might have come from people that beat their wives and wore that sort of shirt. That's true. That is a bit horrifying that it's still, like, a common phrase. The, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's commonly just called a wife beater. That You know, that's pretty, like, messed up. Yeah, and the fact that, like, <laughs> any other time you say, oh, I beat my wife, that's, like, an, an instant, like, you're a bad person. Right. That's not, like, an okay joke. 
Right, but but if you say it in the context of the shirt, it it just immediately washes over, and like every ounce of anything is removed from the phrase, and you're just like, oh yeah, he's wearing a wife beater. Yeah, that's weird. That's very weird. Yeah, but good point though to 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 circle it back, not to get too too off the beaten path. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, already so we're already diving. We're uh, so so the point was not to criticize people as racists that asked that question at all. It was just uh, describing where the origins, its dark yeah. origins, to keep in to keep yeah, with our right. spectacular episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, let's jump ahead in the follow up because uh, we mentioned people from other cultures. Uh, not really understanding colloquial terms. I didn't tell you this, but I did our, our sort of announcement to the Hello Internet uh, subreddit community, which is a thriving community. What would we have to announce to them? Well, okay, so you're not you're not really an actual like avid listener of Hello Internet, right? Um no, because there's so many episodes in the backlog, but it's kind of like my fallback podcast. Like I was just listening to it today. Okay. All right. So they have they have a really thriving uh community and people post, you know, art and stuff that they've done that's inspired by the show and stuff a lot there. And uh other podcasts that have kind of done the similar thing as us have had like sort of a almost announcement on the subreddit. Mm-hmm. And you only really get one shot cuz you never want to, you know, you don't want to do it more than once because that's obviously very spammy. Right. And so I kind of uh kept putting it off because I never felt like any specific episode was like good enough. And I had set a threshold in our download number and we crossed that threshold where I said, if we yep. cross that, I'm just going to post it. And so, so I did. And we've gotten a big influx of, um, good, a big influx good, of people good. in general. But the exciting thing is we got a big influx of a lot of different countries. Nice. And so first off, welcome fellow Tims. Uh, yep. I hope, I hope you enjoy our, less international understanding whenever we're we're saying phrases like wife beater but definitely tell us whenever we do uh we have a subreddit uh where you can let us know yep and by the way you should let everybody know we're in the 1k club uh yeah shouldn't we be receiving like a plaque in the mail (laughs) i think so it's a really big number (laughs) especially given that is the number that they use for uh ad rates like it's this it's this many dollars per thousand. <laughs> yeah. We should explain first, by one K Club, I'm jokingly alluding to the fact that we are over um we are over at one grand in downloads and however that metric is measured, which is more your uh wheelhouse. It's not exactly accurate. And I should say we switched hosts, so it's actually a little bit higher than that because it doesn't include those. But it also doesn't really filter out like duplicates and stuff very yeah. well so but it's uh it's so it's a th- it's over a thousand downloads within a, a few months uh for people that are absolutely not known in the community so that's kind of cool like i never imagined whenever we started this just as an experiment that one we would ever get past a, about 10 episodes and two that we would ever reach any sort of benchmark that felt kind of cool like that so. yeah it's weird podcasting seems to be a very close to the vest uh, on statistics community. I don't really have any sort of understanding of whether that's decent or if it's just horrifically low. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with YouTube, everything is like right out in the open. Like you can look at a channel and look at them over time and it's very easy to sort of see where you stack up. But, but here 
Um, nobody really says this. And for some reason, I feel that same weird weight. Like whenever you said that out loud, I like had that weird moment of like, ah, oh, I'm going to have to cut this. Yeah. But I don't know if I really cut it because it's like, who cares? I'd like people to know like this is where we're at at this stage with the quality and the reach that we have. You know, right. here's a benchmark that other people could look at if they really want to. Right. Yeah, that seems fine. I'll probably cut it and chicken out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one of those weird situations um, where it's like you're kind of proud that you got over a thousand, but especially if we have anybody coming in from Hello Internet, you kind of like don't want to mention that we're at, that we only have a thousand. <laughs> yeah, they're getting like nine hundred thousand in the first day of an episode dropping. Oh, right, right, yeah, and and people coming into us are like, oh, they only got like a thousand. I don't know if I want to be a part of this. So. I think. Uh, <laughs> Our voices and intellect will drive them away before the amount of downloads is revealed to them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's cool. I didn't know you did that, and that's uh, very interesting. The last little thing was uh, we talked about the Arnold Movie Theater, and you had uh, you had a childhood memory that you you held yep. as a very very precious childhood memory that you saw Toy Story on opening day. In the Arnold, not Arnold opening theater. day, but while it was in theaters, well, that was what sparked the whole conversation. You, I said the first movie I saw on opening day, and then you were like, "I think mine was Toy Story." Oh, I meant like while it was in theaters. Like I thought you meant like the first movie you ever saw in theater. Oh no, the first movie I ever saw in theaters was not Jurassic Park three. Well, already like two thousand one. Well, you ruined my whole uh, dashing your childhood memories. Well, maybe I didn't because uh, I looked it up because, you know, I needed I needed to, to ruin your memories here. And the Arnold Theater was actually opened in 1999. Ooh. So well after Toy Story came out. But now that you've changed your, your goalposts here a little bit, I suppose it's possible that they did like a summer you know how they do like summer showings of kids movies or something yeah that that's what i was wondering because i could be completely off on the years because it does sound like me being four years old and seeing toy story i wouldn't have really remembered it so i i'm willing to grant that uh, like looking back on it it might not have been like when it was released i just remember thinking like i guess i wasn't aware of toy story until i saw it and i just remember seeing it at that theater right um, so yeah, it was probably one of those like summertime things. Cause like I said, I even remember down to details, like we were 10 minutes late. So like until it came out on VHS, <laughs> I never even saw the first 10 minutes of it. So like, um, we just kind of jumped into the movie and I just remember thinking it was like this out of nowhere, really cool experience. I don't remember how old I was and it, I mean, that makes sense. So it may have been one of their like summertime things that they still do to this day. Right. Yeah, it it's interesting. It that actually backed up my memory of my first ever movie, which who know, you know, there's no way it was actually my first movie. Well, actually, I've been told my first movie was um Days of Thunder. Oh, really? <laughs> With Tom Cruise. I was like What? It was like I was like less than a year old. This is weird. It's, oh. <laughs> it's not like my parents are like extreme movie nuts that just went to the movie all the time. But apparently, at some point when I was, I don't know, one or two, 
I was taken to the movie theater when my parents were seeing Days of Thunder. Hey, when the cruise is in the theater, is on the screen, you got to go see him. He puts butts in seats. That's true. <laughs> exactly. And apparently he also has a very large butt, but that's a whole different conspiracy <laughs> theory we won't go into. <laughs> so and maybe that's what sparked my lifelong love of Tom Cruise movies for some reason. Yeah. But no, my, my first memory of ever seeing a movie in theaters was the first Star Wars. Oh, okay. Which there was a point in my life when I was like, oh, wait, I couldn't mm. have possibly seen that. That came out in the 70s. And then like as I you know grew to understand the multiple re-releases of the Star Wars movies, it was 97. And what's weird is my memory of seeing it is at a theater that is still a theater now but is now our, like, cheap theater. Yeah. But my memory of it was that it was a Weirenberg. And so the special edition came out in 97, which was right before the Arnold Theater was right. came out. And I would have been seven years old, so I was old enough to, like, remember it. So I think I think I might be able to safely claim that this is my first movie that I can remember seeing in theaters, which is pretty sweet. I never saw Star Wars when it was in theaters, but I do remember either... My mom and dad were married or they were dating at the time that um, that Empire Strikes Back re-release was released. Like, were, were those all released in one go or were they released like one year after another? Do you remember? I have no... Honestly, I don't remember seeing any of them other than A New Hope. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things that I... Like, you know how there's always, like, those random, like, peace memories that you remember from being a little kid, but then you don't remember anything else around it, but there's just these weird things that stick out to you? Right. That's one of them. Like, I never saw it, but I remember being in a theater that was probably Ronnie's, because I don't think arnold was built at the time well that that cheap theater which is now keller eight that wasn't a weirenberg yeah i remember my being with my mom to like meet up with my dad for some reason and like they were in him and friends from church were like seeing empire strikes back that's that's what i remember but i don't remember anything else about it it's just like one of those mm. random things that i remember being a little kid but yeah i never saw it so um i i, I still think i would have to claim toy story and i should say mom if you're listening and you're like, oh, no, that wasn't your first movie, don't tell me. I just I just want to think that it was Star Wars A New Hope because that's like a perfect beginning to a, a life journey into film. Right. Your vast, illustrious career in film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is a career. Well... See, we need to make like $5 selling an ad to, you know, some local bakery or something. Yeah. And then we can call ourselves professional podcasters and also call ourselves professional movie reviewers. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Yeah. Film critics, I think is what they're supposed to be. Ah, call yes. Film cri- No, I don't think we're quite at that level. We're 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 movie reviewers. <laughs> well, let's move into the spooky stuff. Spooky, spooky, spooky stuff. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you what you did growing up on Halloween because it's a weird holiday that, like, in my head is simple and everybody does the same thing. Yeah. And I'm increasingly finding out that it's much less consistent, even within our own region, as I thought it was. Yeah. Well, we also were kind of weird. Okay. I won't speak for you. I'll speak for me. I won't put words in your mouth. So... My upbringing was Southern Baptist, and I remember having the impression growing up that, like, 
dressing up for Halloween was wrong and it's something you shouldn't do. Not necessarily that other kids were bad, but it was just kind of frowned upon. Mm -hmm. And our church, because it was a bigger church, always had this thing every year that they called Fall Festival. And so it was just a bunch of games and they would just dump like candy bars in your bucket. So Right, straight into your uh, teeth cavities. Yeah, yeah. So it actually was... It was a fine experience as far as like an event, but it was also one of those deals where they were like, they told us not to dress up. Like it wasn't allowed. At that, at that event. Yeah. Right. And I feel like they may have gotten more lax on that over the year. Like I don't, I don't think they'll turn people away if like their kids show up to it. Um, But now they do like the trunk or treat thing, I think, Mm -hmm. at that church. Which uh, you should explain is, uh, they set up everybody like comes out and brings their car and opens up the trunk and they usually decorate their trunks and you you can take your kids through like the line of all these cars that are all decorated and they hand out candy which i used to think was sort of cheap but then i found out that it's not just religious organizations doing this it's like a lot of places and companies like will do some, not all over the place but it's becoming a more prominent thing and i've heard from a lot of parents that they actually prefer it because their kids aren't like walking around in neighborhoods and they don't know where they are right. so it's something where like it's kind of safe it's like a safety thing and like so we have a two-year-old now last year was like a one and a half year old and for us, it was like a nice way that we could kind of trick or treat, but like he's not going to walk around our neighborhood and knock on doors and, you know, do the whole bit, right? Yeah. So this was a way where like we could pull him through this area where it's like a bunch of cars are decorated, there's lots of cool stuff for him to look at, and people are handing him uh well, people are handing him things, colorful things that we then take away because you yeah, know, he's a little too young for that. But you know, it it, it was nice and like met up with some friends there and went through the whole bit. Yeah. Yeah. So with all that to say, like, I never, I never, uh, trick or treated like normally in my life. Like I never, really? no, never. The only exception would have been, um, a couple of years ago, uh, me and my friend Tony went to visit Nick and a friend of ours from high school, uh, in Chicago. And it was, I think Halloween night. And so, <laughs> promptly because I had never dressed up before or anything, like I said, hey, well, if we're going to go out and do some stuff, like I think we were just like going to some restaurants and like a bar or something like that. And we were just hanging out with a friend with with friends. And so I said, like, we should all dress up and do that. So like I did dress up that one time, but that was more recent years, like as an adult. And it was just sort of for fun. But other than that, like we never we never did the whole dress up trick or treating thing. Interesting. I do remember, uh, maybe it was like a school dance or something, you dressing up in like a, well, you dyed it pink suit with like a fish tie. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, there was a couple times, I think actually three separate occasions that I went to a dance with a pink tuxedo because I always sort of hated dressing up. And so that was kind of my way to do it and also like stand out and be funny. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> And you did uh, yeah. stand out. Yeah. We bought like a thrift store like white suit and just like put it through with like red dye and it then it put it pink. And it was uh it was great. Like it actually worked really well. And so I did I done that a couple times, but um but yeah, never did the trigger treating. Do you thing. think do you think we could dig up dig up one of those pictures and put it in the show notes? Huh? 
Uh, maybe. I think the very first picture that I have on Facebook, if you go all the way back, it's like a picture from eighth grade. All right. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to see if I can get that from you, and uh, yeah. we'll include that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, sure. So what, what, what memories do you have sur- surrounding your Halloween traditions now that you have my laundry list? Yeah, so ours were a lot more... I well, I say normal, but like what I think of as more traditional. So like we always would pick out a costume, and then you do the whole costume bit. And at school, I I don't think it was on Halloween. Maybe it was, or like the day before or something. You would go to school with your costume, and then you dress up. And I guess there was a costume party and a little thing. Then that evening, like a lot of my family would come to our house usually because we were in a neighborhood that did trick-or-treating stuff well and so you know a lot of my cousins would come to our house and we'd all be dressed up in our different thing and then we'd just walk through the neighborhoods and um walk up to people's door and do the whole trick-or-treat deal so you did do that you never went to the fall festival we did the fall festival too some sometimes i guess i don't think was that on halloween i think it was a couple times like when it felt like i think it was one of those deals where it like was always a friday night around halloween so there might have been like once or twice where it fell on halloween but i think you're right like it was one of those things where you could do both if you wanted to yeah and so one of the things that we always did was so okay you're dressed up Mm -hmm. this is this is what trick-or-treating is you're going through the houses but when you go to a house you walk up to the door knock on the door the person opens the door with with a big pot of candy or whatever and then asks what's your joke Ugh. are you, you're familiar with this i'm not familiar with it from direct experience but from pop culture and movies and well okay no so this is the thing stores. right <laughs> in my head this is just how it works so they ask you for your joke you have a joke that you're prepared to say and each kid tells their joke and then after they tell your joke the person gives you your candy, you put it in your yeah. basket, and then the next person tells their joke, right? Yeah. Apparently, that is completely, like, local. Hmm. St. Louis area and, weirdly, Des Moines, Iowa, are supposedly the only two cities that do this. Hmm. And in my head, I was like, well, no, they do it in movies all the time. And since I've been told this, which was years ago... I've never once seen in a movie anybody ever tell a joke. Huh. Yeah, I guess that maybe I'm wrong then. Where where how do I know this then? Well, probably I, because everybody here does it. But I've never been trick or treating, so I don't well, know. Well, sure, but if that. people talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I know people came to our like like whenever we were getting ready to go to the fall festival. Like, I remember people would like we would still at least <laughs> buy a bag of candy. That's to what I was about to say. Did you guys give candy out? Yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, a big deal. Like, my parents never, like, did a thing about it. It was just sort of like, wow, we're home if someone knocks on the door. So then that would be the same thing, right? They probably did the joke exchange. Yeah. So when my cousin went to college, he went to Indiana, and he was in, like, a college, like, apartment or something like that Mm -hmm. where they had their own, you know, front, and everybody did trick-or-treating there, apparently. And so him and his friends are sitting out front, and the first kid comes up to him, and he pulls out the candy and he's like, all right, what's your joke? And apparently everybody just looked at him completely like dumbfounded. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? And so when he came back for Thanksgiving, he was telling all of us and we're like, that's really weird that Indiana people don't do that. 
And then somebody else piped in and said, oh, that same thing happened to me, you know, a couple of years ago when I was wherever. And we started realizing that, like, <laughs> this isn't everywhere. What would be a great reply is being like, you're going to be the joke, old man, if you don't give me candy in two seconds. <laughs> yeah. That'd that would be, be pretty funny. Yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of us is the dad? <laughs> um. So... Yeah, so I've looked it up since then, and supposedly, I have met somebody from Des Moines who also said that they did this, um, but I everybody I've met from anywhere else has said that they don't do this. Or, or okay. like, you'll mention it, and they're kind of like, oh, yeah, I've, like, heard of that. It's, it doesn't sound, like, totally foreign to some people. It's like here is the only place that Hoosier is considered a negative word. Wait, what? Like, uh, I found that out recently. Like, whenever we call someone a Hoosier, it's typically not a term of endearment. It's typically right. like, you're a Hoosier. Kind of like redneck or something. Yeah, but it's not anywhere else. It's considered a positive term every other state or area but ours. And it's because, Are you like, sure? yeah, there was like some sort of like Missouri. Um, who is that? Is that Indiana that's the Hoosiers? Who, who is that? Yeah, yeah. It's uh I I'm gonna get it wrong, but yeah, some other state has their college is the Hoosiers. Yeah, I would like to look it up and like do more on it at another time. But it was like some sort of like cultural clash between our states that we that we refer to them as Hoosiers for. But it's like only a negative connotation with us, but not really anywhere else. When you say us, you mean like Missouri, St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri area. Like, because every, because even, you'll even, like, if you notice, like, one small way to recognize this is, like, um, in, um, in Indiana, like, a lot of times they'll refer to Hoosiers, like, in political speeches as, like, a point of pride. And it's well, not I know, like a, I know in whatever state that is, they, they say it positively, but I just assumed everywhere else was using it as a, a diss as well. No, I, I actually think, well, I think everywhere else really doesn't care, but I think in that general area and those states around them, it's it's not necessarily a bad term. It only has a bad association with us. And I don't that is, remember the reason why. I would like to research into that before I speak more on it. <laughs> so, but okay. So for both of these things, we have we have listeners from, you know, across across our state across our country and increasingly across the globe i would love to hear a do you guys tell jokes whenever you trick-or-treat or have you even heard of that and b is hoosier used as a derogatory term or a term of endearment or not ever used at all i'm i'm right. and tell us where you're from obviously yeah sounds good cool so we would do the whole, the normal thing, right? Trick-or-treating along with the right. joke. But at the end of the day, you end up with a giant bag of candy, right? Exactly. And that's all that matters. Right. Yeah. So what we would do then, so all my cousins were all together at my house and we would all come back and we had these big bags of loot. And this is like this weird thing that my family did. We did this for Easter as well with our candy. We would then very excitedly organize all of our candy into different like levels <laughs> and then we would play poker with our candy nice it's like the only time i really ever played that much card games like, i mean we'd play some but definitely not like poker or anything like that but it was like strip poker but with the wrappers not clothing 
Nice. Man, you are on a roll <laughs> with these jokes today. Um, <laughs> keep them coming, please. But like, you know, it was like a, a, a Twix is worth a lot more than a you know Jolly Rancher or something oh, like that, course. right? And so like, we kind of like agree upon, uh, you know, what's worth what. And then we would just play poker. And then we would end up with me and my, I was the oldest, my second youngest sister. We would both end up with all of my youngest sister's candy is pretty much how it worked right. every single time. Hmm. I know I'm supposed to feel bad about that, but I never did. But, but the rules are the rules. I mean, she lost. <laughs> it was weird, right? Like, <laughs> so my youngest sister was like the best sport ever. I I don't know if this is still the case because hopefully I don't like take advantage of her the same way now. But there were so many games like that where my memory of it isn't that we were intentionally like we were just trying to get all of her candy. Although that probably was what was actually happening. Right. But like, it was very, there was a lot of weird, like, family games that ended up that way, where we just ended up with her stuff, and she she would be upset, but not upset at us for taking her stuff. She would just be upset that, like, she lost her stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, we would be, like, these great uh, siblings that would be like, oh, you know what, we'll, we'll give you some, here's, here's a Twix, like, you know, we feel really <laughs> bad for you. <laughs> it's like... We were horrible. <laughs> That's great. The worst part of it is I wasn't that into candy. And so uh, most of the time I would end up with this giant bag of candy that like we didn't actually eat. Yeah. And so I just stole a bunch of her candy for nothing apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> for sport. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, ours would be confiscated and uh, given to us in a small drip over like a two-month period. That's how our family did it. I'm sure that's what we... Surely, like, as a, you know, younger kid, my parents didn't just, like, leave a huge pot of candy in our rooms. But, like, (laughs) my memory of it is that we would have these, like, plastic, you know, like, Walmart bags filled with candy that would be in our room... You know, I'm again like I'm probably like in high school or well, but I wasn't trick or treating. I don't know. I don't know how old I was, but I was older at this point. And like often, you know, every couple nights or something, I might have like one piece of something out of it while I was working on homework or something. Right. But it wasn't like it wasn't like I just burned through it really fast or anything like that. But I I don't specifically remember it ever being intentionally. Um, slowly uh rationed for us what was uh what was your favorite halloween candy i'm curious i have mine it probably changed throughout the times my my memory well okay so i have sort of two answers my favorite halloween candy that i remember last was twix yeah those are high up there for me but there was a house down the street that would hand out those kool-aid drinks you know what I'm talking yeah. about? The little squeezy oh, yeah, bottles yeah. with some sugary drink in it? Yeah, like Capri Suns. Yeah, yeah, but way better than Capri Suns. They had the little yeah. cool twisty cap <laughs> It was cap homemade. Thing. <laughs> it wasn't woke, homemade. Woke, yeah. up, woke up in the middle of a field <laughs> with no shoes on and blood on my hands. So I don't know how I got there. but Yeah, yeah they handed out peppermint schnapps. And, uh, yeah, woo. man, those were good. Yeah. <laughs> With some sugar, no. I had to uh, go through some therapy for a few years. I'm not sure what that was about, but <laughs> mom and dad insisted. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to uh, desecrate Halloween. 
It's such a wholesome, uh, wholesome holy holiday. holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is a holy holiday, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was told every year growing up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so your favorite Halloween candy was the mystery prize from your hippie neighbors down the street every year. Apparently, apparently. mine is a bit more sane, and it's uh, I don't know when they started, but I really like the Reese's pumpkins. Like, there's something about, like, the shape and Those the amount. Those are relatively new, right? Yeah, they're probably more recent years, but they've been around for a little bit. So it's not like, I don't I don't know if I could trace them back to childhood. But if, if you were to force me to pick one from childhood, it would be the Kit Kat bars, like the two that were. Mm, yep, yep. I had to just eat a whole mess of those. But, but these Reese's pumpkins, they're just Reese's pieces shaped like pumpkins, right? Yeah, they're just Reese's shaped like pumpkins. They're not different flavors or anything, but somehow like it's it's the shape of the piece and like if you eat the whole thing at once, it's just like sort of like the most satisfying thing ever. I'll say you're not you wouldn't be the only person who's told me that specific thing. I don't I don't I'm not like a Reese's connoisseur, but I've definitely had multiple people tell me that the pumpkin shaped Reese's for some reason and nobody can explain it is better than normal Reese's. Actually, and right now, they have, like, the bigger Reese's, um, like, uh, the larger-sized ones that... uh, They were advertising those, like, Reese's Pieces Reese's for a little while, and those still exist, and they're fine. They're not... I don't think they're that crazy, but they're, like... My wife literally was just eating one of those. I had never heard of it before. They have a newer one, though, that's, like, cookie, like, chocolate chip cookie Reese's, and those are, like... The most amazing thing I've ever eaten in my in my life. Interesting. Yeah, and they're the same size as the Reese's Pieces ones. Like they're like the deep cup ones, mm-hmm. and they're they're really good. Like if you see those at a gas station or something, I recommend trying them just once, not frequently because they're really high calorie, but they're amazing. They just have like chocolate chips in them, but they have like some sort of like crispy stuff in them as well that like hmm. makes it amazing. So I don't know what that is, but it's it's better than whatever the Reese's Pieces stuff was. It's what the Reese's Pieces stuff should have been. But yeah, anyways. Uh, so yeah, for me, it would be Reese's. Um, before we move on, though, I did want to ask you, because there's one particular thing I had in mind, and I'm not sure whether we'll use it or not, but um, are there any ghost stories that ever stuck out to you from your childhood? They, they don't necessarily have to be around <laughs> Halloween time. But there's one in particular that I always that always comes to mind that was a big part of my childhood. Ghost stories. So, yeah. I mean, okay, so we weren't... Or tales of horror, if you will. That's the thing. I can't think of any other than one, which might be the same one you're talking about. Yeah, which I'm is, pretty sure we have the same one. There's a camp that both of us went to that we went through through the the church group that we were in. And right. they always told this, I, I guess it was a ghost story about the guy who had a farm on that camp before we moved there or something. I think it started as like a violent true crime <laughs> thing and then it turned into a ghost story some year it constantly evolved that was part of the tale (laughs) right as all of these things are i suppose i mean honestly i couldn't tell you a single thing about it it doesn't stick out other than anytime ghost stories are referenced in a movie or in any pop culture thing this is the only thread of my memory that i have that relates to that remotely because when we went camping we did not tell ghost stories or anything because I think my family is all uh, scaredy cats the same as I am. So right. we had no desire to make ourselves any more scared than we naturally already are. 
so then if if, if I I'll go ahead and regale the the uh, listeners of uh, what we were told, and this is its most complete form that I can think of. And feel free to add in as I go through it. But it was essentially, in a nutshell, it was um, we went to this camp, and uh, it was told that the guy that's that like uh, the camp was named after was named like John Bates, I guess. Yes, yeah, it was Bates Creek. That was the camp, right? Right. And so we were told that before there was ever before in a time where there was never a camp there yet. Um, never a cabin there. Like, um, there was a guy named John Bates, and there was an old hermit that lived there, too. Hermit always stuck out in my mind. I don't know why we had to call him a hermit. I thought John Bates was the hermit. No. See, that was an evolution. That was a okay. that was a nuance after more research was done over the years. <laughs> <laughs> As Wikipedia started getting developed. Yeah, the version I remember was, and this was always the same, like, now we know the guy, he's like a dad, and, like, he he knows what he was doing, he was embellishing, but over the years, like, it, like the, the, the form that I remember was, like, he was living on the property, like, they got along for a while, like, helped him out with farming maybe a couple times, like, back and forth, and, and there's a cliff that's, like, back on one of the trails, it's not a huge cliff, but it's enough that if you fell off it, you would get seriously injured, and um, uh, it's like kind of around the creek area. And we went back there. And since it was something noticeable, that became part of the story. And it was like they were in a fight. And I don't remember what the fight was over exactly. But it turned into like they got in a fight and he, the hermit pushed John Bates off of the cliff. And he died and like hit his head on a rock at the bottom. And, like, the whole grounds have been haunted ever since. And, like, it turned into stuff where, like, there was, like, an old, like, not used anymore because it wasn't fixed up cabin that was, like, between the two that our church group always used. I remember someone saying, like, oh, yeah, there's bones, like, buried underneath there, too. And bones of what? I have no idea. But just the fact that bones were buried underneath there was apparently yeah, spooky. Just, just bones. <laughs> yeah, just just bones. I mean, animal bones. I mean, of course. But... Yeah, so it was like kind of all that thing. And then eventually, <laughs> one thing I always, I laugh about thinking about it now, but back then when you're a little kid, you think, you're like, it's dead serious business. But I just remember like, like the guy telling this story would end, and he ended it one year and he's like, and if you listen at night, you can he- you can hear John Bates knocking on your window. Will you be my friend? <laughs> and I... <laughs> <laughs> I remember at the time just thinking like, "Oh God, I hope I'm not. I'm hope I'm not awake in the middle of the night because I don't want to hear whispering." <laughs> Ask now, someone asking me to wh- be their friend. What do you do? What do you do if somebody <laughs> knocks on your window and says, "Will you be my friend?" Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, now I would probably investigate it and probably attribute it to like weird sleeping. <laughs> uh, phenomenon but dude okay you want to talk creepy creepy stories sure have you heard this is like a, a common somehow i've seen it linked to on reddit a bunch of different times there was this guy on this guy this is actually on the uh like legal advice subreddit which is just you know people trying to figure out how to deal with like i don't know any sort of legal thing right and he's posting on here I keep finding post-it notes left in my apartment. (laughs) And he says, like, I found this yellow post-it note on my desk the other day, reminding me of some errands that I needed to do, but I hadn't told anybody about. Yeah. And then 
he's like, I didn't think that much of it. Just figured I scrawled it down somewhere, and then it wasn't in my handwriting or anything. So I just threw it out. Didn't think anything of it. And then a couple days later, he found another post-it note on the back of his chair, same type of handwriting, and it just said, "Make sure you save your documents." Huh. And like he didn't know what that meant, and it like really freaked him out. So he bought a <laughs> webcam and set up a webcam to like record if it detects yeah. any movement or anything. And then he wakes up a couple days later and finds a note saying, our landlord isn't letting me talk to you, but it's important we do. And he checked his webcam and there wasn't anything on it, but his recycling huh. bin had been emptied, which he didn't <laughs> think that he had done recently. So he's like, holy crap, somebody is like breaking into my apartment yeah. and messing with me or something. And they like deleted the files from my webcam. Somehow they figured out how this whole thing worked. Yeah. So basically, after this is happening, he posts this thing to Reddit saying, like, I think my landlord is like breaking into my house and messing with me. Is there any sort of like legal advice that I have? Oh, yeah. And somebody comments and says, it sounds like what you have is carbon monoxide poisoning. You need to check your like CO detector. Yeah. And then the guy responds, now that you say that, like I do I have been having really bad headaches. Yeah. But I already have a CO detector, so I'm I'll go check it. And then like a couple days later, he posts another thread that says the battery was dead on his CO detector Ooh. and he got a new one and plugged it in and it was like off the charts high. Ooh. So he had carbon uh, what is it? CO poisoning and didn't yeah. realize it and was like having these weird blackouty things. Huh. That's crazy. Isn't that like super freaky? Yeah. Like, okay. So I have a, not a similar story, but like it reminded me of something. So, um, Nick would, uh, of Nick's Corner, would actually probably want to correct me on this, and I won't use any names or anything just in case. Um, but um, I remember there was like something going on one time where like some neighbors of theirs, and this was a long time ago, um, it's not anywhere where any of them live now, um, but uh, they had some neighbors one time where like the husband um, started like acting really weird. Like he would do stuff like, literally bury things of his in the backyard or hide them like up under the floorboards of the basement like in the rafters and like just weird bizarre stuff um i think there might have even tumor yeah there it got to the point where and i won't go into all the details just in case i'm not supposed to share them but like there was it was on the edge of divorce because there was some pretty dark stuff going on and so all of this was going on and um Come to find out, he had, like, a tooth problem and was, like, horrified of dentists. And that infection had reached his brain. Oh, my god! And was, gosh. like, messing with him for months to the, like, verge of divorce. And apparently, like, he, they finally got him in. Like, he would just, like, like, he would, like, clean it out with, like, Jack Daniels. And, like, like that's how he dealt with the pain and stuff. Holy cow. And then, like, apparently they got it fixed. And now they're like happily married. Everything's like the oh, the weird activity stopped, and like there's not any issues anymore. Brain stuff is so freaky. Yeah, it's just Ugh. crazy. Like it always reminds me. Like I always kind of laugh and and I'm kind of stunned that this was written in such an old story. But there's a line from a Christmas Carol, <laughs> which seems like a odd 
connection to make. But there's a line from A Christmas Carol when the first ghost shows up and it's uh, Marley, like his old friend. He shows up to him in his house and like he says, uh, and he says, why don't you believe what's in front of your eyes? And he says, well, you could be an undigested bit of beef or something. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like that's like in the book. And I always like laugh whenever I hear that line because it's like, yeah, I mean, it could it could be <laughs> like it's kind of oh, clever that, that that Charles Dickens included that line in there because that is a real thing, though. I mean, people see things all the time because like something weird happens that just affects their brain. It's such right. an odd phenomenon. But yeah, that's what that reminded me of. Your <laughs> like I just couldn't imagine like that would freak me out like not having any memory of me doing something and seeing Dude, things happen. <laughs> yeah, like seeing things move around that you don't think was you in your apartment would just be the freakiest thing. Right, right. Ugh. Which is almost why like yeah, like I I kind of like the fact that I live with my little brother and two dogs and a cat because it's like there's lots of plausible deniability. Exactly. <laughs> to go <around>. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've never like lived in an apartment on my own and so I've never had that yeah. that thing of like even if just like a glass of water is in a spot that you don't remember putting it. It's like, "Well, how'd that get there?" Like that never would cross my mind because it'd be like, "Oh, it's the other person." There was a couple weeks where I did whenever my roommate moved out, and I was never, like, scared or anything. Like, like nothing like that has ever really bothered me because, uh, I don't know, it's just it just hasn't come up. But I will mm-hmm. say, like, um, uh, what I would do is, like, uh, I found myself doing something odd whenever my roommate moved out. I would, uh, like, and this happened also, like, he because w- he was from Hungary, and over, like, Christmas and Thanksgiving break, so even while he was there normally, he would, like, leave for, like, a month or so, like, whenever he was off school to go back to Hungary or Europe right. or something like that. And it was weird, like, for some reason, and I had no rhyme or reason to it, like, I would just sleep on the couch and watch TV when I went to bed. And part of that was, you know, it's vacation, so you have nothing to do in the morning, so you fall asleep watching TV. Right. But part of it was also just, like, I had every opportunity at several times to, like, go into my more comfortable bed and sleep there. And I wasn't afraid to. Like, that that definitely wasn't a thought in my mind. But it was just, like, this weird thing where it's, like, I'm by myself. I'm just going to lay here on the couch. And um, I've heard, like, like falling asleep with the TV um, is something that people do um, because it's, like... It's it's like a loneliness thing. It's not a uh, it's not a like scared thing necessarily, but it's like when the TV's going, it's like this weird false thing that triggers in your mind where like you feel like there's company in the room. If that makes sense, I can see that. Like hearing voices yeah. and stuff. I know people will do that when they go on vacation, um, right? And their dogs are alone most of the day. They'll they'll turn like a TV on or something just to kind yeah. of like. I don't know if there's any scientific data backing that up, but I know there, lots of people there, do that. I mean, it actually sounds like there might be. I don't know of it, but um, I mean, it makes sense. I have heard it makes it it like increases your chances of insomnia. Oh, really? Yeah, like oh, yeah, any screens are supposedly it. like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but it 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 does it, like it it would also lend itself to regardless of whether it's loneliness or fear. I feel like it would work with either. Like, which is why a lot of times when people who are who like do get scared by scary movies will say all right let's watch something funny before we go yes, to bed like yes, that sort of sure. thing cuz i remember i used to do that whenever i was little i'm definitely in that camp yeah yeah so sort of in light of our our uh, more international uh, audience 
that uh, I kind of wanted to to think through. I was I was originally thinking I just had written down like, oh, make sure you sort of ask the people uh, what their traditions are because I'm just I'm just yeah. curious, you know, what other what other places outside of even Missouri, but obviously other countries too. Um, what they do yeah because i've i've gotten the i've gotten the feeling like from listening to the handful of like international podcasts that i do listen to like it seems like they don't get halloween and i guess it's because things are very different elsewhere so 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 that was the thing i've i've heard that in multiple different avenues where it's apparently an american thing is the way it's always phrased which was weird to me because i always thought it was an irish thing like that's where it kind of came from yeah it sounded like like, uh european to me yeah, I always assumed it was similar to Christmas, where, like, I'm sure it's different, but everybody kind of does this thing. And so, yeah, I was like, oh, I should ask everybody. But then I couldn't contain myself, and I had to I had to go, go snooping around and seeing what mm. other countries' uh, things that they had. And I looked at a whole bunch, and I'm not going to, to list all of those for you. But there was a couple that I thought were really interesting. There's typically always darker origins, and there there's always some sort of racist element <laughs> somewhere along the line. That's well, what I found with European and, holidays. <laughs> so I wasn't looking at like the history. I was more looking at like what traditions they have now, yeah. like what they do. You know what I mean? Like if you were in X country on Halloween, what kind of stuff could you see? That's kind of what I was more interested in. Yeah. Surprisingly, most of the things I saw were people in this country don't really celebrate halloween they consider it an american thing oh wow which was just weird i yeah i'm curious to hear from these other countries like is it I, i'm wondering if it's an american thing because america is one of the countries that did adopt it and we sort of like have the biggest entertainment industry and so it's yeah. sort of like if you don't do it and america does you assume it's an american thing even though it's really more of a like irish english thing we like we like parties and so we like just take everything and take it to an extreme just like we do with our foods like our version our americanized versions of ethnic foods are typically like nothing like what they actually eat but there's like a kernel of it and we just overdo it and add more sugar yes exactly (laughs) quite literally in halloween's case (laughs) yeah no kidding so one of the ones that i thought was interesting was uh ireland so obviously, I think I say obviously. I I think it, that's where it kind of started. I didn't actually look this up, but uh, anyway, they have this thing called the barmbrack. Have you ever heard of that? No. So it's this loaf of bread that they, I guess, cook that just has a bunch of random like stuff in it. Yeah. It like when I say random stuff, I don't mean food. I mean like sticks and coins and stuff. Yeah. And they slice it up and hand it out to everybody. And then, like, if you have the thing in there, it's supposed to represent something. This sounds not safe. How yeah, many I don't, people I don't, choke every year? I mean, I assume there. when they cut your piece, you're looking for the thing. I don't really know. If we have any Irish listeners, uh, tell us tell us what this is like. But whenever, whenever, uh, whenever you read this, you're thinking, like, oh, okay, like, if I get this, I get seven years of good luck. If I get this, I get blah. But, yeah. like... Most of them are really negative. So <laughs> if you find a P, that means this person is not going to marry in that year. Yeah. If you find a stick, that means that you're going to have an unhappy marriage or continually be in disputes. 
No wonder there's no wonder the Irish are like known for drinking. Like <laughs> seriously. What and a then, horrible culture you guys have developed for yourselves. <laughs> I love Irish culture and don't listen to them. Oh, I oh, by the way, yeah, I mean yeah, sure. Lucky charms are fantastic, but come on. <laughs> the best thing that ever came out of Ireland was Lucky Charms. Lucky yep. Charms, yeah. I think so. Um <laughs> and then uh, uh a piece of cloth is just Bad luck or you're going to be poor. But then there's a couple good ones. If you find a ring, it means you'll wed within the year. And if you find a small coin, it means you'll enjoy good fortune. So there's a couple non-horrible things. But it seems like most of the time you probably just hope that your slice has nothing in it. So it's sort of like playing the lottery. But if you lose, you also get like your hand cut off. Sort yes. Of thing. Yes. Or lose your yeah. marriage. Right. <laughs> Oh, man. So uh, another one that was interesting was Japan. So apparently, like, they didn't really do anything with Halloween. I guess it makes sense that they would be later to embrace it, as Western culture didn't necessarily uh, infiltrate there until later. But uh, in the last, like, decade or so, they've apparently done what they do best, which is, like, extremify everything. And Mm -hmm. I saw referenced a whole bunch of places, this Kawasaki Halloween parade. And apparently it has, like, absurdly high standards to get, like, accepted into their parade. Hmm. Like, they only accept, they, like, have an application process. And I guess you send a picture with your costume or something. Yeah. And every reference I saw to it was how hard it was to get in and how, like, they had super high standards for how good your costume had to be. But I couldn't, most of the stuff was in Japanese. So I know we have a couple of Japanese listeners. And I would love to hear if you could if you could do a little uh, internet research for me and tell me if this is actually as interesting as it sounds like it would be. Yeah, I would be very interested to hear. But I assume Japan being Japan, they they're big on the cosplay. So I bet you, yeah, they got the costume thing down probably better than just about anybody. the The culture I would be interested in is actually the language that I'm taking is German. Um, like I would I would be interested in their like Oktoberfest stuff. So like, I have one thing written down for Germany. This is for Halloween, obviously yeah. not Oktoberfest, and that is they put their knives away on Halloween night because they don't want the spirits that are like rising Jeez. or whatever to accidentally uh, hurt themselves. This was uh. based on one little article I found. Which I wasn't even going to bring that one up, but yeah. I did have it written down. <laughs> I would love to hear if that's still a thing. Well, th- yeah, okay. So their 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 fall thing is more Oktoberfest, which is very like I guess I don't know if there's like a deep tradition of it as far as like some sort of event. It's just drinking a lot of beer and dressing up in lederhosen. Is that what they're called? Festival, general festive festivities and food and stuff like that. And I've heard consistently from people that it's like it really is a cool thing to experience. So I've I've actually always wanted to do that. And um uh I don't think I'll ever be there during October in any any recent uh years, but I am going during the summer, uh probably. Um, which would I think that would be July, not August. But um yeah, so I'll at least get to go over there and maybe find out some more information about it, but I won't be there during Oktoberfest anytime soon. Sad but, day. Um, I would like to at some point. Sounds cool. So I would love to hear what any of your guys' uh, traditions are. So yep. definitely de- definitely let us know on uh, any, of the, any of the social medias. 
it would not be an episode of A Town FM. A Town with the FM. <laughs> well, that's how you don't search even know us. our name. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be an episode of A Town without first uh, at least discussing some movies for a decent amount of time. So um, we decided it would be interesting to talk about our top five uh, favorite like horror movies or Halloween movies. Uh, mainly because like I've seen a lot and I can tolerate them, and you have a very hard time coming up with them for another reason, which is that you don't really like horror or things like that. So I'm a, I'm a chicken, right? So I figure like let's do this. Let's go through it, and we'll start at five, which would be the least, and then lead up to your favorite. So do you even first of all do you do you at least have five entries? Okay, so at first I was struggling with this, but yes. then. As I was thinking about it, um, I sort of expanded expanded my reach a slight bit and included thrillers. Okay, and then that's fair. that like pulled a whole bunch in. So okay, is that is they that have, okay? Yeah, there has to be. Yeah, I mean, thriller is kind of more broad, so it still needs to be somewhat related to something scary, like it. Like, because a true crime movie could be considered a thriller, but I wouldn't say that's, like, a scary movie. But then there are thrillers that I would absolutely say are, so. A true crime movie wouldn't be considered. Well, I'm thinking, like, I don't know. You're going to list off one of mine. I can feel it. I don't know. Well, let's just, let's let's find out. That That's the fun in this. So, start <laughs> with five. What is your fifth favorite horror slash thriller movie? My number five is Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's absolutely good fits. Yeah. It's funny. It's not a it's not a horror or a thriller, but Yeah. That's uh, on my honorable mentions. It's okay. not uh, good, it's good. not my top oh, 5, but yeah. My top definitely... honorable mention is going to going to make you very happy, but we'll get okay. to that. Okay. So, my fifth favorite Halloween movie, which this was very hard for me for the complete opposite reason of you is that there's a lot that I had to like put on an honorable mention list that I couldn't put in the top five. But if I were to go with the absolute number five, it's actually a more recent movie, surprisingly, which I don't really like a lot of modern horror movies, but this one worked really well. And it's The Babadook, which is a movie that you can find on Netflix. And it's generally well received critically and from audiences. It's just... I... Do you know anything about that? had some Baba Ganoush today for lunch. Well, yeah, okay. It's it's a cool movie because it's uh it kind of like it hits like the tone of like being really eerie and creepy really well. Um so even me being someone that doesn't these don't really affect like it got this like really good tone to it where it's like ooh that's like like watching it will will give you um you know like a shiver down your spine type of thing. There's just lots of they they do really well with um not revealing much of the horror, which makes it when you see it really scary. And so they did a really good job with that. And it's one of those movies that if I remember correctly, it's kind of one of those that you can watch one of two ways. Once you've seen the whole thing, like you can watch it one way and go, maybe this is going on. And then you can watch it another way and go, no, maybe it's this. So it's kind of interesting from, it's just like a really well written horror concept. That's just more scary than horror. If that makes sense. Neat. Yeah. So, what would be your number four? Um, I have the Zodiac, which that okay. might be in your true crime. 
Yeah, that that's what I was actually going to mention that as one. That I knew happens. I could feel it. I knew that was what you were gonna say. I don't know why, but yeah, um, it's because it's an excellent uh, true crime movie. It's hmm. a little scary, right? There's murder and uh, yeah, but it's not. It's not a scary know. movie. Well, I, it isn't. The majority have... of it is journalism. Okay, Ghostbusters <laughs> isn't a scary movie. No, but it it definitely it's it's but it's a horror comedy that's just funny. Look, I'm reaching for this, okay? <laughs> um so my number 4 hmm my number 4 would probably also be a newer movie. It would be the newest it adaptation that just came out. Like I really enjoyed that. It was a good movie. And it if hit... uh if you're interested in hearing his thoughts, you should go back and listen to our, our it episode. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a full it episode, but we talked about it a lot in that episode. Yeah, and uh I I yeah, I just liked it cuz uh it hit a couple things like it it was very entertaining. It did have some scary elements to it. It wasn't like horrifying or nothing, but um I enjoyed watching it as an experience, not necessarily because it was scary, if that makes sense. And I like the 80s stuff, so that was a lot of fun too. Just a good cool. movie. So, yeah, so that's why I made the list. What's your number 3? Um, oh, this one might actually be, not might, this one's definitely a, a truly scary movie. Uh, the Blair okay. Witch Project. Yeah. I mean, mostly makes the list because I've seen it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it was one of those I like made myself watch because I was just interested in the the different way of like telling a story. And, you know, yes. it, it did it effectively, I feel like. I had to watch it during the day. It didn't make my top five, but it was a tough one to cut because, um, yeah, to me, it's just like the perfect, it's like one of the best horror movies just in a sense that like it's very simple and it's just playing on that thing that pretty much anyone that's ever gone camping can relate to. You know, you're in the woods at night and like you hear things. And playing to the sort of like typical, almost cheesy legend uh, horror tale, you know, ghost story. Right. And some people don't like this part of it, but it but the one part that I actually felt was genius was the fact that you don't ever see anything. Right. This entire thing plays on your fears and suspense, but never actually shows you anything as far as like creature. Goes. And like, are you familiar with all the all the like sort of pre marketing for that? Yeah, yeah. They kind of market it as if it was a real thing. Um, yeah, like a large amount of people supposedly I don't I don't know that I've actually met anybody who was in this group, but apparently a lot of people went into the theater thinking that this was a a real like found footage thing. Like yeah. they it actually the found 90s. this footage in the whole different time. <laughs> it was right. people like I would have been convinced by it, I'm sure, before the internet was that widespread. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so and like people love dogging on it now. And if you're putting it against other found footage uh films now i'm sure it like falls down a little bit but i think the fact that it was the first to sort of play in that space it set yeah. a lot of those genre tropes oh absolutely and so what might come off as a trope was actually like novel at that time and i think that made it really effective in a way that it might not seem as effective now yeah absolutely okay my number 3 is Shaun of the Dead ooh that is my number 2 Oh, good, good. Yeah, so, again, yeah, because I've seen it and it's excellent. <laughs> yeah, it's just a funny movie, really well 
done just as a film in addition to it being funny yes. and playing on the zombie horror trope. Now, it was a toss-up between that and the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead remake, um, which I know you're not a big fan of, like, zombie movies and gore stuff, but that was actually just a really fun action movie, and I think a lot of people point to that as, like, one of the few, like, remakes of a classic that actually worked really well. So um, that was a close uh, between the two, but I just figured Shaun of the Dead's the better of the two, so I cut Dawn of the Dead. And And you were only going to have one of the dead? Right, right. Yeah, I wanted something in that category, and it was Sean of the Dead. Because it's a legitimately good zombie movie in addition to being really funny. So you would say you like, even getting out of Sean of the Dead, you would say you like the Zack Snyder remake more than the like original, uh, was it George A. Ramiro? Is that his name? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Because the thing is, is like, um, now I'll say this, like, I can respect the George Romero stuff for its time because um, those, when they were made, were legitimately scary to people. But zombies and vampires are sort of those, and werewolves, are sort of those things that have been so done that no one really finds them scary anymore. So in order to make them interesting, you have to do something different with it, like Walking Dead did, like, the soap opera route. Like, uh, was it World War Z kind of did, like, the suspense route. Um and it's kind of hard and, – and what Dawn of the Dead did better and made it more entertaining to a modern-day audience was it made an action movie out of it. It knew what people were coming for and just made a fun movie rather right. than trying to make it horrifying. Like you can tell their goal is not I'm trying to scare you. It's I'm just trying to take you on a really fun, gory ride. And mm. that was the whole point. Lots of humor and not that it was a funny movie, but there was lots of humor and sarcasm and just action. Like that's what it was about. So Have you um, seen the Captain Christian YouTube video about Night of the Living Dead that came out like a couple weeks ago? No, I have not. So like apparently the original Night of the Living Dead, there was like some error or something whenever they were changing the um title card for the movie. And yeah. they forgot to like put on the like copyright tag or something. Yeah. And it they inadvertently like put it in the public domain hmm. when they released the movie. And a- according to this video, at least, he's sort of saying that like that is the reason that zombies basically became this huge cultural phenomenon. Oh, is because that's interesting. They were like a monster that was just freely usable by anybody. And so all these movies could make that could take that creature and sort of like play with it and do whatever they wanted without being afraid of being sued. And in addition, he did to his credit as well. He reinvented that, that creature because it originally had origins in voodoo. And like you, if you go back far enough, you can find zombies that were voodoo oriented Right. Um, and he's the one that kind of made it into what it is today. Yeah, so that was kind of the point was like most of the monsters um, that you think of are actually in public domain, but film studios have adapted those monsters and they have created the sort of iconic version. Like Universal owns a bunch yeah. like Frankenstein and Dracula and stuff. And, uh, and so you can create your own Frankenstein movie but if you make him look like the universal IP version of Frankenstein, then you're in a risky place on yeah. them being able to claim copyright. And so a lot of people just wouldn't even try. Or if they do, they'll make like 
there was that horrible I Frankenstein movie. Apparently, yeah. it was apparently horrible. I haven't seen it. And like they went out of their way to dress him up, not like the what you think of as Frankenstein. Apparently, right. for that exact reason. Well, you know that there's a famous, um, actually twice famous movie, um, the Nosferatu thing. Like, yeah, yeah, that that, that was both originally and then remade again in like the 60s or 70s and both versions of the film were really successful like those were basically the workaround to do dracula like if you actually like read into it like they couldn't do dracula or they didn't want to pay for it or something like that so there's a lot of elements in nosferatu that are similar but there's also some stark differences and so it Hmm. kind of be it was so it was sort of like this like hybrid where it like met the hunger for the Dracula adaptation, but it also like became its own popular cult thing. Oh, I don't know if cult is the right word, but it like it became its own thing to stand out on its own as well. Right. And, uh, and yeah, and it became popular obviously that they made a remake and funny enough, the remake there is, they, they, they filmed the movie essentially twice from what I understand, both in English and German. So like there's I, the what? same I movie that before. It's not dubbed over. It's actually filmed right. in both languages. Yeah, yeah that's fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, and that that was the later one, the re the redo. But both of them are apparently very famous movies, and so I've actually wanted to watch them, but um, I've never. Yeah, I started watching that uh, the American version of the redone one one time on YouTube, but um, only the first twenty minutes was non was not taken down by copyright infringement. Oh, so right. I only yeah. got 20 minutes into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, interesting. So interesting history on that. Anyways, my number two, since you went ahead and gave your number two, mm-hmm. is uh, and this was a tough one between the number one and number two spot. They could kind of share it, but um, I'll, my, I'll go with my number two as The Shining. Okay. that's I have that in my honorable mentions. Yeah. And really, let's be honest, it deserves to be up there. It's just great. Like it it's such a well made movie too, just in the um the tension building. Because one of the things I remember watching it for the first times was like if you were to watch the first five minutes of the movie and look at Jack what is it, Jack Terrence, right? That's his name in the movie. Uh, uh I don't know. I just know yeah, that the he's... main character, Jack Nicholson's character. Right. If you were to look at him in the first five minutes of the movie and then his last five minutes of the movie, you you would be dealing with two completely different characters and you'd be like, these aren't the same people. But when you watch it, like you never like feel a line of switch. It's just like this gradual like he's becoming this thing that you get by the end of the movie. Yeah. And like, that's one of my favorite things about it. In addition to there's just random imagery because that director, uh, Stanley Kubrick, he was just very good at pacing. Um, and he's the same guy that did 2001. And, um, I, one of my favorite things about it is as well was like, he would just put in random imagery. They're like to this day, I still have no idea what was the point of it, but it was just like this random, like two second image that like sticks in your mind. And just like creeps you out, like everything about it was just like amazing. Yeah, there's a whole documentary on Netflix called like Room Two Forty Nine or something. I still, yeah, I still haven't watched it. I actually really want to. I thought it was going to be about the making of it, and I watched like two minutes of it, and it it sounds like it is about trying to figure out what all the imagery means. Oh, that's interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch it. I, I've seen so I've seen this movie once in the same vein as the Blair Witch Project, where it was like, I have to watch this because I have to watch this. Like it's important, you know, culturally or something like that. Yeah. And so I made myself watch it. It genuinely just freaked me out. Yeah. To the point where it was hard to enjoy. You know what I mean? I was like distracting right. myself while it's going on, all that stuff. But it is also a movie that I've seen analyzed to death. And I just enjoy that. Like the cinematography and everything, as with everything Stanley Kubrick does, was phenomenal. And yeah, the yeah. imagery was just extremely interesting. And it has a lot of his, you know, classic, uh, overly symmetrical stuff going on that's very cool it's also just interesting that it's like that's the version because there was a tv version made as well from to adapt stephen king's book but um the movie version is by and large the classic and that's the one that stephen king hates and i kind of get it from his perspective because um apparently the movie takes some cues and basic plotting from The Shining, and it does, it is resembling The Shining, but apparently, like, it's very different in point, and, like, there was a lot of stuff left out, and things changed. Yeah, it's it's a Kubrick film, not a film yeah. based on Stephen King's book. <laughs> right. But I've also heard from people that like both the movie and the book, that, like, the book is really amazing and worth reading as well. So, um, I've never read it, though, so I can't say anything about it. But, um, yeah. So that would be my number two. What is your number one? So, I mean, this is the obvious uh, right answer, I think. Um, and this would be uh, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh, okay. Obviously, right? Sure. It's it's the. I'm not saying that it's there's anything wrong with it. It's probably the least. Actually, I probably only watch the Christmas one every year. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm with you there. It is my least favorite of the of the holiday ones. But it's yeah. it's there, you know. I watch it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of the only ones that I watch regularly of anything related to Halloween, so uh <laughs> it had to go at number 1. <laughs> I don't I think I might have seen it once in my life, but I don't remember a thing about it. Um yeah. there's a big pumpkin. Yeah. yeah, I believe you. Some good music, you know. What do you think my first one is? Do you have any idea? Uh I have given it It might it might surprise you. It is Alien, the first Alien movie hmm. that is absolutely unequivocally a horror movie. That's what it was meant that's to be. Fair. It's a monster movie that's cl- that's close quarters. It's not an action I film. watched it similar to all the other ones where I watched it because I had to, and I, I was genuinely scared the whole oh. time. <laughs> really? See, I just genuinely liked it as a movie i mean i that one like creature movies don't really scare me i either find the story interesting or not and that one i did find interesting i'm i'm also we've talked about this i don't like the uh what's the word you used grotesque i don't like the grotesque style of things yeah and boy did that movie lean into that style of things Everything was wet yeah, the and chest bursters. Well, yeah, I mean, lots I'm of not like, saying like bloody scenes or whatever. Like that's one thing. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like the wet, like just like 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 sweat always rolling off the alien for some reason. Everybody's sweaty. Everything's liquidy yeah. and uh, what's his name? Uh, that the creature design guy, <sighs> Geiger. Super. Yes, HR Geiger. Geiger. Everything yes. that guy does is just gross. I mean, I I yes, can fully. Absolutely 
understand and appreciate why it's like lauded as extremely good creature design but right it's just a it's a style that i i'm not necessarily i don't enjoy looking at <laughs> which yeah. i guess is kind of the point I um i am actually surprised uh now that um we should get to honorable mentions but i'm actually surprised a couple movies did not show up on your list that I thought absolutely would. I'm sure you'll say him, and I'll and, be like, oh, uh, obviously, that I should have put that. Despite his controversy, I will say some of my honorable mentions are The Village, Sixth Sense, and Signs. So, um, yeah, that was in that, like, do I count that as? Yeah, those are horror movies. Uh, no, I mean, not horror. It's Maybe they're not strong horror, but they're scary movies. I say, is Signs a horror movie? I mean, they're meant to be scary. That's what they're, they are. I, in, they're like thrillers, right? Yeah, but I'm using horror as an umbrella term. Um, I'm saying... I guess, and I was, like, other than the Zodiac, which the only reason I chose Zodiac over the other ones I have is because I was like, I guess it's a little more murdery. See, I think, like, Silence of the Lambs is a good example of one that would fit, and then I don't think Zodiac would. You're right. And honestly, I have, like, seven written on here. That's probably better than the Zodiac. Yeah, that might work. I also have honorable mentions like Super 8, Carrie, Misery. Super 8 would count? Oh, man, that would be... I love that movie. Yeah, it's a creature movie. Um, It's it's very similar to It, except not as horrifying. Well, what about what about uh, Stranger Things, then? Yeah. Ah. But that's, a, but that's a TV show. Well, sure. That's why I didn't include it. Fair enough. And then I, I actually like the new Evil Dead movie. It's completely, like, self-indulgent, just just horror i normally don't like stuff that's about just gore but that is one that's just like it's so self-aware of what it's doing yeah um my wife wanted to make sure i had on my on my list the uh the phantom of the megaplex do you you remember this this film (laughs) was was that a disney channel movie it it was in fact a disney channel original movie oh and of course the the halloween the halloween trilogy halloween town a lot of people would 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 say that those go on there, but I, I think I'm definitely in the Phantom of the Megaplex uh, camp. I on remember that one. that one. I remember liking it. Um, I didn't like the Halloween Town movies. I thought they were super cheesy, and I never liked Hocus Pocus, which will be a controversial statement. <laughs> I think I just liked the the Phantom of the Megaplex because it was just a movie that took place in a movie theater. Yeah, and I would like to uh, also enter into the list an episode of Boy Meets World. <laughs> oh, this is the uh, this is the one with uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, Jennifer Love Pfefferman. Oh, that's right. Yes, Jennifer Love Pfefferman. <laughs> and they even like pause. They're like, "My name's Jennifer Love Pfefferman." <laughs> but apparently, it's not a Halloween episode. Like I was looking at it like when it aired, and it wasn't like a Halloween episode, but it definitely should be. So I always referred to it as a Halloween episode. Apparently, it's not. But man, I haven't thought about that in a long time. That was a great episode. Yeah, it's all streaming on Hulu now. So I went and I watched it uh, just the other day, and like all the memories came rushing back. And <laughs> it's crazy how there's so many memories from a single like 21 minute episode of time. <laughs> I just like <laughs> one of them like dies by like like books being lightly pushed on them in the library. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is did she get a pencil like stuck in her forehead or something? There was a random person that wasn't that didn't have a name and he was like, "Oh no, if there's a killer loose like I don't have a name or he doesn't say like I don't have a name, but he's like he's like I'm not a main character, so I'm one of the first that'll go." And they're like, "No, no, don't worry about it." 
And like he was asking for a pencil earlier in the episode. And so like the lights go out and then whenever they come back on, he's like he's been he has a pencil in his head and he's dead. <laughs> and then he like slides down the wall and someone like puts their finger on it like where the where the lead mark was and goes, At least we'll always know how high he stood. <laughs> <laughs> what a yeah. what a great show. Yeah, it turned into a great show. It started out just okay. It was like that traditional like little boy life lessons type yeah. of thing, Wholesome. and then it turned into yeah, and then it just turned into great. <laughs> yeah, the opening episodes weren't bad, but they're not as good as what it turned into. So, so yeah, that I would like to enter into the record as well, if it will be noted. And uh, I think that I think that's a good stamp that we can put on our spooktacular. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So now that we have you uh, nice and scared, <laughs> now that we have you nice and scared for your weekend of fun, <laughs> do you do you want to talk about um, our homework for next episode? Should we should we yeah. let people uh, prepare? Yeah. So um, we decided that we are going to do a special edition episode, only special in that it'll be topical centered around one single thing, and it'll actually release on an odd day. So we're going to try and release an episode on November fifth. We should say we should say you decided we are going to release. Yeah, but this is a good idea, right? Oh, I agree. I so yeah, this okay. is the the fifth of November, which is. Some sort of holiday thing. I know it involves the Guy Fox mask. And I don't really know anything else about it. And so right. Dan is going to uh, enlighten me on, yes. on what the whole deal is. And um, we're definitely going to be talking about the V for Vendetta movie in honor of November 5th. And November 5th is a sort of a central thing to it. And so it's been a while since you've seen the movie, correct? Yeah, I haven't seen it since it first came out, so... Um, and as as always with any of these movie things, we will we'll put the movie stuff at the end. So if you haven't seen the movie, the the whole discussion beforehand will still yeah you know be spoiler free. But you should really see the movie. It's been out for forever, and it's a great movie. It's worth watching. So I'll say my memory of it wasn't the most positive. Really, that'll be interesting then. Yeah, but I've been told that it was. My memory is probably wrong. Like it was, it was uh, conflated with expecting a matrix movie which is very possible oh. at that time so yeah it's not a matrix movie it's a it's a very political thing <laughs> right right but it was wachowski's right no oh uh, no i don't think so really uh, maybe it was uh, that's weird i didn't know they did that okay yeah there was the wachowski's that wrote it oh. it was a different person who directed it though okay well they wrote the screenplay right alan moore wrote it <laughs> Well, okay. The screenplay. Yes. The writers are the Wachowskis. Yeah. The director a, is James McTeague. That's a big whop in 2005 movie. How old does it make you feel to think that that's a 12-year-old movie? It doesn't really because like, it doesn't have this like spot in my brain as like a pivotal time. It does to me. Well, it's, not like, think Lord- it's not like Speed Racer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a great movie too. Right. Um, it is actually. I do really like Speed Racer. Yeah. But. All right, so uh, so yeah, so we'll be uh, we'll be talking about that movie and kind of some November fifth stuff, and uh, that'll be good. So if you have any sort of 
comments that you wanted to make on our episode if you had any scary movies that you that you think that we neglected to include in the list or if you just wanted to give us a comment about something else that we talked about feel free to contact us on any of our social media platforms um we have reddit facebook twitter instagram you can find us on any of those spaces at a town fm yeah and the website is a town fm.com 